you know, and I've, I've used this analogy before that I, I'm, I'm tired of sitting at the little kid's table at the holiday dinner. You know, we need to have a seat at the executive table and we can't do that unless, you know, we, we take a stance on some of these things, especially within our sphere of influence. And, you know, tying it back to the, the topic, if people are misusing our data and our numbers. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Uh, I talked to uh, I talked to Brian because he's a stealth stalker of other people's calendars, and uh, he's uh, he's a little bent that he loves making another appearance. And he said he messaged you, and you either like didn't get back to him or said yeah yeah we'll get you on. And then he hasn't been on, so he's feeling really really self conscious. I'm like dude, we're, you're you're a, an Adobe Summit speaker. We're you know we can't come up to your level we're, just like we're that. just a piddly little podcast yeah um, <laughs> i mean come on no i told him I, I need to sit down like i i've right now i'm kind of stuck in this thing where i'm kind of planning like just a week out i need to sit down like where i was at a point before the holidays where i was planning three and four weeks out as far as topics go so i need to to get back into that routine and then i'll you know definitely want to make sure to bring him on that would please him Yes, so we'll get him back on, and I think I might have a, uh, an episode about business cliches, because you know the last couple of days he and I have been joking and trying to fit in every kind of business cliche. That, it started on the podcast, didn't we? Start it started on the podcast, <laughs> and then we've just been making jokes about it to the point where take a look at the calendar invite um, from today and also the one for tomorrow. Um, you know, two meetings we had in prepping. For some upcoming client meetings, Did you see it? Pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, you got to you got to keep it you got to keep it entertaining. You know, yes. you got it. You got to keep it going. So did I tell you guys I have jury duty next week, or at least I have a summons for jury duty? I heard about Dude. that. And Brian just had a summons for jury duty. If I get a well, summons, th- I am gonna freak out. <laughs> I blame him. I, I blame him. Uh, because there are two things that happened to him, and then he asked me about it, and next thing you know what happened to me. The first was we're on the phone with a client, and the client uh, had jury duty, and Brian's like, so when's the last time you had jury duty? I'm like, I'm not saying a thing. So two weeks later, I get my summons for, for jury duty. So as of right now, I am scheduled for jury duty Monday, but I'm hoping I'm called off. because like I'm if, jury if, 600 if you... some. If you have a few extra dollars uh, laying around, I'm happy to consult with you. Um, I uh, I consulted with Brian, and I I can absolutely get you thrown out of the uh, jury selection pool. So it's okay. a, it's a foolproof <laughs> process. I'll call you after this. <laughs> um, and then, so real quick after that, um, he had the issue last week where the bathroom got flooded, and he had to fix the ceiling, uh, the drywall on the ceiling. Who? Oh, he didn't tell you about that. Like it's a no. week away from when he was supposed to make settlement, 
and I guess like the boys were playing upstairs and flooded the bathroom, which then the downstairs created a bubble <laughs> in the downstairs ceiling. So over the weekend, I'm fixing something in the bathroom and the drain on the sink breaks. So I'm like, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pointing at him. I'm saying, Brian's don't, I said, if you come to me and start talking about how the stomach flu is going through your household, I will personally come out to Utah. To wow. And and you should be able to pay him back with his um, uh, furnace going out or something like this should go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fun stuff. So like, that's also one of the, uh, the funny things he and I have going back and forth right now is I blame him for the jury summons and the issues with the plumbing this week. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Um, so, and before, but, and before we get started, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am, sick and tired of looking at the map of la so oh, i'm just yeah i understand yeah i I, mean, I I will get on camera uh maybe not today though all right uh. all right and and i don't even know what the topic is for today so i'm kind of freaking out so no this is a good one it's about so, sports i think um it's about so cheating yeah um, so the reason why Bryant isn't on this week and we have Hila back is because it's a follow up to our episode last week mm-hmm. where we talked about be, you know, the, you know, our concept of be the wolf and you now that saying we use internally. And at the core of that, one of the things we got to when we were talking about that is, is for that approach to work, it requires you to be authentic and genuine and honest. Um, and so right now and over the last year, you've seen several situations where people were less than genuine and authentic. You know, right now the, the, you know, the, the talk around baseball is the Houston Astros and their 2017 world series win. Um, and the fact that they're now embroiled embroiled, if I can say that right in a, you know, a cheating scandal that has tainted that, that championship so much so that people are calling for them to be stripped of it. Um, in the business world, we've seen the controver- controversy with Elizabeth Holmes and, and Theranos. So I did go back and look up that documentary, uh, Hila, that you mentioned out for blood, and that is one of the ones I did watch. Um, so that, that, that was a good one. And I also read John Carreyrou's book, uh, Bad Blood. So I thought, since, you know, let's take a look at the flip side this week. Instead of talking about being authentic and genuine, you know, what drives people to cheat? to be inauthentic, to, 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 to lie. You know, one of the things my wife asked me about with the Astros is, didn't they think they'd get caught? You know, why, why do people seem to think that they're not going to get caught? Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting timing that this is the topic because last night um, I, I tend to get in these moods where I'm just trying to veg and I go down like a crazy rabbit hole of YouTube videos um, and I, I, I have no idea how I get there, but last night I ended up watching almost two hours of videos on this guy named Mike, Mike Postel, uh, who got busted for cheating in, um, poker. Um, and he somehow had this device, um, on his phone that allowed him to see the whole cards of the other players because they were being broadcast in real time. And he somehow tapped into the feed that could see because they put their their cards face down and there's, there's a camera pointing up at him. And he had this device that was, and I'm like, this is amazing. And, and I think to answer your question, following his progression is it didn't start out like um, bluffing pots with 2-7 offsuit, which is, by the way, the very worst starting hand you can start with. 
Um, but he, you know, started off very simply and just got more brazen over time because he never got caught. And I think that that's how a lot of these things come about. But to, to go back to further, like, what's the motivation? I think, I think it really comes back to doing things and, and especially doing things at a very high level is extremely difficult and a, and a lot of really, really hard work. And, uh, I don't know if it's a societal thing. Um, what's that other documentary we watched a lot about the MLMs, but like we want, we want it quick. We want to get rich quick. We want to be, you know, have an athletic body quick. We want to, you know, do all this stuff quick without the early morning pain of putting in all the work to get there. And I think that that comes out in sports. I think it comes out in business where, where people just want to get to the top without having to go through that agony of all of the work that it takes to actually get there for most of us, right? There are a few gifted people that can just maybe just show up, but most of us, we have to put in the hard work and it's, it's really difficult. I agree. I think it's a, it's kind of like a shortcut thing uh, where people are looking for a shortcut and to be honest, like, and, and I don't know um, specifically about this example that you gave um, in the field of sports, but I know that, you know, um, a lot of people view the world through um, social and Instagram and kind of seeing other people's, you know, um, situations and kind of see how a lot of people are taking shortcuts into, you know, stardom or whatever without doing a ton of work. Uh, and it gives a sense that like, okay, how, how can I do that? How can I kind of uh, finesse the system and make it work for me? Um, so I think that that could be part of it other than, yeah. you know, for sure. And I, and I think another aspect of it is that, um, people want to feel like there's a sense of fairness. Uh, you know, if we're thinking about the business world, we want to feel like we're playing on a level playing field that I have just as equal opportunity for that next raise, that next promotion as the next person. But if I see other people gaming the system and it's out there and they're getting away with it, then I have to make a really difficult ethical decision of do I cheat to level the playing field? And I, and I think we saw that with Lance Armstrong. Um, you know, he's just the most high profile guy that got busted. Um, and sure, there were others, Floyd Landis and others that, that got in trouble. Um, but the reality was, is they were all doing it. And if you go back and watch any of the documentaries around around Lance and talking to the other teams, both his teammates and other teams, a lot of them come out and admit that everyone was doing it. And if we were the only team to ride clean, we would finish in last place. It was guaranteed. So we had to do it just to level the playing field. That's interesting. I had never heard them talk about that. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll find the documentary that um, it came up quite a bit in. But I, again, I, I do think that that is one of the, the motivators, right? I don't mm -hmm. think it's always the the lone wolf that's just out there to cheat, and especially in business, right? Like, um, rarely is it just the lone wolf. If you're creating kind of the culture where this this um, goes unpunished, um, uh, you, you know, you put your people in that real difficult spot of making decisions of, I have to provide for my family. You know, I have a career I'm trying to build. And so while these people may be really good people that have a strong kind of moral backing, 
it's tough. You know, when you put money on the line, when you put livelihood on the line and you're the, the breadwinner and you're now potentially taking that away from me, not because something I'm doing, but because I'm being punished for for everyone else raising the field unfairly, then I don't know, maybe I maybe I go back on some of my ethical ideals and I start to, to cheat the system as well just so I can play fairly with everyone else so that I can provide. Well, did you see Evan's tweet yesterday? Because what you were just saying made me think of it. He's oh. up his tweet game, so I can't I can't keep up. I can't keep yeah. up either. But he tweeted something I think like he's he's writing a book. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted like something that is going to be a part of like a, a quick preview of it. And he, he gave three statistics and the one that jumped out uh, was eighty six percent. Eighty six percent of employees or eighty six percent of people in general, it was one of those two. Um, but they will follow the lead of an authority figure and do what they are told even if they know that it's wrong i'm not one of those 86 percent. yeah i don't i can't i can't i don't know that's that's a sta- that's astonishing if that's if that's a right? real number because yeah. i mean i i'd like to think you know like I, i've come to a point in life where i i try to avoid saying I would never do that because that's when you're presented with it consciously or subconsciously, you know, with that situation. I would like to think if um, if I were presented in that that you know presented with that situation, I would make the right choice. But then again, like what what's the level? Like you know, when when you look at something like that, people also rationalize like, is this something major where people are getting injured, or is this something minor? And you're right, like I've got to provide for my family. I've got kids to send to school i've got food to to to, to pay for yeah um and and taking a slightly different view of that and and i think we may have talked about this on previous podcasts where anytime you put money on the line it it really starts to make those ethical decisions harder and harder and Mm -hmm. you know with the houston astros I, i don't know how many hundreds of millions billions of dollars are on the line with you know playing at a high level in in major league baseball but it has to be something really high because they're not just cheating because they want to have a better win loss record they're cheating because no, they're, they're, they're they're the players are bonused right the team gets more media exposure you win a world series and that opens up all sorts of licensing deals and other things so it's it's not about winning and losing it's about the money um Go ahead. Well, one of the things people don't realize when it comes to professional sports is that in the majority of the leagues, um, you don't make money as a team uh, unless you make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. If you just miss the playoffs, you probably break even. If you're further down the rankings, like you had no shot to make the playoffs, you're losing money that year. So that's one thing people don't realize is, is there's pressure from ownership you got to make the playoffs just for the team to 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 make a profit. And then yes, the the individual players are bonused whether it's part of their contract. Uh, you know, you see a lot of incentive-laden contracts where it's you know, make it to this round of the playoffs, win the championship, do this, you know, you'll get those bonuses, but then the league also gives the team and players bonus checks that win. So you you win the conference championship to to go to the finals. There's money paid by the league, and then if you win the championship, you get paid as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think money is really probably at the root of it. 
Um, and let's so let's quickly bring this back to business and maybe even mm-hmm. more closely back to analytics uh, because I have a I have a, a personal story that I can share that that really illustrates this and uh, this was a, at a previous employer that Hila and, and I were at that has since completely um, turned over its ownership and it's now owned by a private equity firm that's basically digging its grave so I have no problem talking about it. Um, there was an instance where the marketing organization of that company um, published some numbers that were blatantly false, blatant, blatantly false. Um, and I, I questioned them on that and they, they told me something like, um, you know, the, the true numbers don't matter. It's, it's marketing. We're just, we're, we're creating a market position and in all honesty, our, our performance bonuses for this quarter are based on hitting these numbers that, that we're publishing. And, and I, and I could make it plain as day showing them the actual numbers that they were wrong, not only wrong, like completely wrong. And they didn't care. Maybe they cared, but they cared more about what the outcome of them putting out fraudulent numbers were. It was money, right? Like my bonus is on the line and the numbers aren't there. Eh, well, we'll fudge them. No one will care. Yeah, and everybody wants to look good in their role, right? And so it's the it's the balance between how do I make a positive impact or how do I do the right thing um, while at the same time not getting fired, right? Um, so I think that that's a big deal in that kind of business environment for sure. Uh, I wouldn't say that people... I don't know, it kind of sounds harsh to say, why do people lie or cheat or whatever? You know, it's more of why don't they do the right thing or why do they do something that might hurt the company as a whole uh, or the outcome or the experience with the customer or whatever. Um, And I think that that question makes it more obvious of why it happens. Well, I mean, you know, we've also seen it, and Jason, we've talked about it before with with timesheets. There was an organization I was a part of where your utilization and billability rates weren't just metrics to judge how you were, you know, you were um, reviewed. It was also the goal itself. The goal was to maintain or exceed this billability rate, maintain or exceed this utilization rate each quarter. So... I, I can imagine that there was, you know, definitely fudging of the numbers, especially, you know, when you're talking about um, trying to stand out because most companies, you know, use that, that bell curve review system. You know, the, the majority of the people fit here in the middle and then you have the outliers. I need to find a way to make sure I show up in that outlier group. Yeah, man. And, and we're going down a dangerous path there, but you're, you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, that's a big one. And, um, not to take it too much back to um, kind of our ideals for for founding 33 Sticks, but that was absolutely one of them. You know, we wanted to build a company that was doing right by our clients. And, you know, I, I, I used to be careful about saying this because I have, I have friends at agencies that would get upset when I blasted billable hours. But the reality is, is that it, it creates an ethical conflict instantly, you know, whether you want it to or not. It's there and you can't deny it. I mean, you can, but there's the, the logic behind it is, is sound that the more I bill, the more I make, um, 
And so I have an ethical decision to make about that. But even taking it down to another level, as a consultant, it's even less about what the client gets billed and more about, I don't want to be yelled at by my boss because we missed our utilization targets. So I sent an email. Yeah, it's 30 minutes, <laughs> right? And uh, that can quickly, quickly get out of hand. And I had on more than one occasion when I was running a team, I had to fill calls with customers who would call up and say, okay, I got the weekly uh, hours report. Can you explain how this is even making any sense to you on how much you're billing me? Because I'll tell you that we're not seeing that value and we got a couple emails. You're telling me that's three hours of build time. So I, I, I can tell you right now, I knew managers who were telling their team an email that comes in, you, you spend an email that's a minimum 15 minutes. So you bill minimum quarter of an hour, mm -hmm. you know, if not more. Um, that's how you make sure because then not only the individual employees where they judged on timesheets the managers were also looked at what's your team's utilization rate team's billability rate like yeah. I, I i've told the story a couple times where i had someone on my team who took two weeks off for his wedding and honeymoon so you know even though they consider pto time into the utilization rate his billability rate dropped for the month and i'm like this guy you look routinely he's the guy's head's down day after day. And I'm like, there's a reason. It's explainable. He got married. And they they kept asking, but we need to get his billability rate back up. I'm like, you'll see it next month. He's back from his honeymoon. This is, you know, it, it just, just leave it be. And um, so, yeah, th there was always that, that feeling that if my billability rate drops, I'm going to be pulled into an office and questioned. Yeah. And then, yeah, there was always the fear of if I overbill, you know, when's the client going to say, uh, what's this shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a, it's a delicate balance. And going back to what you said earlier, it's, it's easy to say, ah, I'd never do that. But until you've been put in that situation, it's hard to say that you would never do that because I, I have been tempted many, many times when I was forced to bill hours and I would get at the end of the week and I would have 36 hours and I'm like... <gasps> Can I mm -hmm. say that that took 15 minutes longer or 30 minutes longer just so I can get a little closer? Yeah, it crossed my mind a lot. Yes. I, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I've felt that same way. And then you, you, what you do is you start to justify with yourself. Oh, what's an extra 15 minutes here? Uh, but that then becomes a slippery slope because, you know, we started off talking about massive cheating and lying scandals. You know, I want, I want to kind of touch on the whole Theranos thing because I think that's also a bigger cultural thing. And you could say, okay, adding an extra 15 minutes to this client or that client on your timesheet because you're short one week is not at that level. But, where, but that's where, where it starts. It, that, that's what I was trying to get to was, you know, where do you say, where, where do you draw the line then? Where, where, where's the line? Is it, I, I, I really screwed up this week, so I need to throw an hour here, an hour there, so I don't look, look bad to, yeah, where, where, where's the line? Yeah, and again, I think that that's an important story to take away from this conversation is a lot of these things that blow up and you see didn't start at that level, whether it's this, this guy that I was watching last night where he was cheating on a couple hands, and then all of a sudden it was every hand, I'm sure with... Um, back when doping was huge in cycling, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't to the level where they finally got caught. It starts off much simpler than that. 
And then it just kind of takes on a life of its own. And it's smaller instances because I cannot go into any details. All, all I could say is, you know, a long time ago at, at, at another job, someone got caught and it was, it, it, it was big. Um, and, you know, everyone probably figured they started small, right? Like as information started to leak out about it, they started small and then it was just a little bit here and a little bit there. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until they got greedy and sloppy and got caught. Yeah. Because chances are it was going on, you know, going on for, for months then. So, and that, that's the thing, like you were talking about, like it, chances are like, do I think the Houston Astros plan to cheat at every at bat, you know, at every home game? Probably not. You know, it probably started like, hey, you know, every now and then, like, especially when we're trailing, let, let's see what we could do. And then it just, you, you start to get greedy to the point where people started picking up, hey, like, right before a fastball, you hear this noise coming from the dugout. And there's a pattern to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think, you know, this is something worth kind of repeating a few times, uh, especially for our core audience of listeners, um, in that... You know, you may have people using the data you're responsible for uh, in a in a poor way, being unethical with it and cheating with it. Um, and you're, and it's like, eh, okay, that's bad. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. But it can quickly go from, eh, it's bad, we shouldn't be doing that, to, guys, this is really bad, to I'm sitting on a, in a conference room being deposed because now it's a legal matter. It can go really, really quickly. And so as someone yes. responsible for data, you know, again, being being aware of that and knowing that these things just don't go from zero to 100, they, they start small and addressing it when it's small um, is is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you see that exact scenario with uh, the Theranos scandal in both, you know, John Kerry Rue's book, um, Bad Blood, and then the HBO documentary um out for blood uh i think it was like you know the inventor out for blood yeah mm-hmm. you, know, you see that like every you know theranos blew up in the media like they, they seemed like they came out of nowhere and then within a couple of years they were starting to get doubts they were in business for at least 10 years and then hit the big time and then fell apart and so that was the thing is they had you know she had the, this great idea and what I think happened was is they started to get some big deals based on promises they made. They came back and told the engineers what they had to do. And when things didn't work out as they promised, the engineers were pressured by management to find a way to make it work. You know, find a way to give the appearance that it works. At least that's what I took away reading reading the book. Yeah, and I think you get to a point where you're so far down the hole that you can't crawl your way back out the momentum pulling you in that direction it's like again i think it's it tends to take on a life of its own where one you probably feel a little bit more emboldened that that this is happening but two you've created this character in this scenario that that can't be sustained without continuing to let it grow um Mm -hmm. and 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 you may get to a point where it's uncomfortable you don't want to do it anymore but it's kind of out of your hands at this at that point um yeah when when he had me watch that that documentary it was I think within the first couple minutes, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, this is craziness. 
What I remember is that Jason was extremely upset afterwards. I was. Uh, I'm That's even. True. I'm even scared to engage in this conversation now. I don't want to. No, I'm much. I'm much more centered. Are you? Yes. Hmm. But uh, like one of the things, like she, she, you know, she <laughs> wanted good. to have like a Silicon Valley, like, like you know, she, she was based in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, but wanted that same kind of culture and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not routine, um, but the same kind of system that other Silicon Valley companies have, kind of like that that move fast, break things, and get better. And the problem is, is you, you can do that with a TV, right? You know, if something goes wrong with a batch of TVs you, you, you send out, you replace them, you fix them, the customer's happy. She was dealing in medical equipment, which was, you know, you, you could have a negative impact, massive negative impact on someone's life. You know, you, you give a false positive and next thing you know, someone thinks they've got some major disease or you give a false negative. And then someone doesn't realize that they're actually sick. And that's ultimately mm-hmm. um, what, what, what got people the maddest was is they knew it wasn't working and they kept hiding it, hoping that they could eventually fix it. But the thing is, they were still giving out test results to people knowing that there was a chance they were wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering how much um, and, and I feel bad because we're, we're really tough on uh, Silicon Valley. Um these days um but how much um how much are they to blame you know going back to the cycling right um if if lance armstrong and u.s postal are gonna cheat and then phonak is gonna cheat um by the way that he lot those are uh, professional cycling teams that got busted doping nice. um then the other teams are gonna say well i have to cheat so how much of that like this this unsustainability of the Silicon Valley culture is partly to blame for a Theranos being able to be um, incubated in, in that environment. So one thing I think that stands out, and, and Jim kind of mentioned it, is that I think the only reason that uh, Theranos uh, ended up being such a big story and frustrating and upsetting to watch is just because she was in the medical space and her mistakes and her decisions uh, can and have impacted actual humans and their health and their lives, right? And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet that there's a lot of companies that are doing a similar, you know, t- taking similar strategy as she has, um, you know, to start a startup with a vision that's you know, very kind of, uh, you know, far from reality uh, and just doing their best to make it happen over time and to, you know, sell on that vision uh, to get people on board to pay for the experimentation it will take to, to get something built and to see if it could be a thing. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, when it's in the space of actually experimenting where people are part of that experiment, um, I think that's where it kind of takes a turn. And I think to me, um, and that was a, a, that was my fear of kind of speaking up on this call because I know, you know, it's a very frustrating story. But to me, that is the only difference. I know that absolutely that other startups are doing that um, and, and taking, you know, 
investor money or whatnot um, to pursue visions that may or may not sit on solid foundation. Uh, and that's probably an issue and it is an issue in and of itself, but here we're dealing with a person that was willing to make decisions and not have a conscience about the fact that there's people involved and people might get hurt or, you know, or worse. So definitely I, 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 that is, is at the core of it is, you know, it's one thing to, to do that with, with a phone, or if you think back to the mid two thousands with a music player, like, you know, consumer products that are not, you know, that, are easily replaced if, if something happens to it. You know, when you're talking about trying to, you know, move fast, break things using medical devices and using that in the real world, I, I think, yeah, you, you, you absolutely hit it with that. Because, I mean, look at the current scandal with, with, with WeWork and, and everything going on there. Because I know ABC News just released a new limited series podcast on, on WeWork that I want to listen to. Yeah. To, and, and see about that. But, yeah. I, th I think you're on, you know, you, you hit it with that one. So what do we do about it? How do we, how do we, you know, in our own kind of, you know, we, we may not all be uh, a Houston Astros or a Lance Armstrong or a Theranos, but I think in all of our realms, these are our challenges that we all face. And again, bringing it back to business and spe specifically data, you know, it is something that can be, um, cheated so so easily it is something that could be doped for lack, lack of a better word you know what is our role as 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 a gatekeeper as someone that has to be responsible for that to ensure that these things don't happen well, maybe there's nothing we can do but i have to think that there's some kind of influence that we can have in our own specific roles i mean the easy answer and i'm going to say this is an easy answer is to say um ha have integrity you know, don't don't fall for the pressure to, to to fudge numbers. You know, call it out when it happens. That, that but that's easier said than done, because let's go back to what we said at the very beginning. You know, you may not be greedy and trying to look for a major payday. You could just be someone where you know you're you're in a position where you know at, at the current time you're you're barely just getting by. You know, your your, your spouse lost their job, so. Right now, I need to do everything I can to make sure I don't interrupt my job. So if my boss comes along, and even if it isn't implied, you know, it, that's very hard to do. So I'm not going to go and give the easy answer and say have integrity, right? Because that that that. Wait, I thought we I thought we were doing all the buzzwords, all the <laughs> empty empty stuff. What are you saying, Jim? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I did, sorry. Didn't You're want saying, to but not saying. Yeah, no, I, what I'm saying is the easy answer is to say, stand up and be a mm -hmm. paragon of virtue and, you know, an integrity. A paragon? Oh, yeah, you've never heard that one? No. I, I, I saw that, uh, I think Chris Jericho used that uh, back in the late 90s in wrestling. Bryant and I ta started talking about pro wrestling earlier, and I had, oh, I had to use that. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, we, we had flashbacks to our college days. And I, I got to go back to, you know, but like it just came into my head because that was something he kind of always came out. It was like the paragon of virtue, you know, someone to look up to. So mm -hmm. I had to, to borrow that line. So I hope someone gets a, gets the reference and gets a laugh. Um, but what, what my point was is, you know, it, it's easy to say, have integrity and, and be a role model. And I think 
the, I tr- I personally try to do that. I, I I like to think that you know I I, I have the integrity and and, and to, to be honest, but you know when I also think about it, trying you know dictating that to other people, I don't know what their situation is. I I don't know what pressures they're under. Yeah. I think for me, it's about, and I, I think I mentioned it in our last episode, uh, it's about doing the work, doing the work to figure out why this kind of un, you know, unsavory way or unsavory path is the best, the only one we have. Why, why is that? Why is that that we have to kind of lie or lie to ourselves or, you know, not do the right thing and doing the work to figure out if there is an option to do the right thing, um, I think is kind of the, you know, the, the burden. No, you're shaking your head. No, Jason, you don't agree. You look, you look like that guy from, um, from Home Improvement that was over the fence and you can only see their eyes. Wilson. That's what you... Oh, really? I can see my whole face. Like you. No. Like... No, it's cut off for us. It's cut like... off. Oh, because you're in the square and like we can only see... Is that see... better? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sh- I, this whole time I've only had This whole time you were like just <laughs> the eyes, like over That's the fence cr- kind of thing. That is beyond creepy. It was very creepy, yes. I agree. <laughs> Good thing we don't have a simulcast of this feed. Yeah. But were you shaking your head no when I was... No, I was sidetracked by something else. Oh, you know, and, and Hila, to your point, I'm, I'm not saying don't have integrity and don't be honest. It's, mm-hmm. for me, it's like, you know, what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it, it, it's focusing on ourselves. It, it's not dictating to others. Um, it, it's... Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just torn with it. I, you know, I think this is one of those things where all you could do is lead by example, not dictate, not not um, preach about it. And, you know, it, hopefully people will pick up on it that, you know, the, the you know, in the end, those with integrity, those who are honest, those who are genuine ultimately went out. You know, I, I really do believe that while you know, those that are cheating that, you know, those that are dishonest, they may get away with it for the time being, but they'll eventually be caught. Agreed. Um, so bringing it back to what we can do, the one thing that I would add, um, and kind of tying it back in with this story where the, the marketing organization was fudging the numbers, um, the, the CEO that, that we had there, I, I don't I don't know uh, your impression, Hila, but um, he he was probably the best CEO that I've ever worked for. Um, super smart, super tough, but he was uh, he 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 gave me a lot of really good life lessons. So his his name was Adam Berger. Um, I think he's he's the CEO of I can't remember now, um, but. I went to him after this happened because I was very concerned. You know, I was I was responsible for our analytics, and you know, I from a selfish perspective, I didn't want these these cheating um, instances to reflect poorly on me. And you know, I went to him. I said, "Yeah, I, I don't know what to do. Um, I, I think this is wrong." Um, I tried to correct the situation. Uh, I was basically told to get lost. It's not my responsibility. You know, now they're mad at me. And he said something that has stuck with me to this day. And he said something like, if, 
if you aren't, uh, if people aren't getting mad at you, if you aren't pushing people's buttons and causing them to really question what they're doing as an analyst, you're not doing your job. And it was, it was a really strong message to me because I wanted to be friends with everybody. And, 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 and so perhaps that kept me back from delivering difficult news, having difficult conversations and maybe directly addressing things that were blatantly wrong because people were cheating the numbers and, and having a CEO back me up and say, as an analyst, that's your job to be impartial and let the data speak and stand up for it. Um, and if that upsets people, then that's a pretty good measure that you're, you're doing something right. Oh, that's a good, uh, t-shirt for summit for the t-shirt cannon. Oh, are we doing a t-shirt cannon? We should. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to up our liability. Well, we have to check our liability insurance. We're we're covered. We're covered for chandeliers. Shooting shooting t-shirts into chandeliers with glass (laughs) shards and... (laughs) My God, I'll put that that in the show notes. (laughs) So that's what I got. You know, and and I guess I want to end because I was thinking about like the rant I just kind of went on. You know, I I don't want people to think that I was saying it's okay to be dishonest. What I'm saying is, is, you know, worry about yourself. Worry, you know, set an example for others to lead. Just. Don't, don't preach because that's one way you will turn people off. Yeah, and, and it does tie to our last episode, of course, about being the wolf and kind of, you know, doing the right thing, you know, and having uh, the confidence to to forge forward with it. So, you know, I think obviously it's the, the flip side of that is that if you're too timid or, you know, you're not willing to put in the work that it takes to tell the right narrative or to tell the right path, um, then you're going to retract to just maybe going along and doing something that you, you know, you know, could, 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 uh, could be damaging or whatnot. So, yeah. And we need, like and, it, and, mm-hmm. and we need everybody to do that. You know, we need everyone to kind of follow the lead and say, you know, if I work in analytics, um, I, I need to be the wolf. I need to play this role because all too often that's, it's not the case. It's the, uh, Remember that little puppy? Oh, you're way too young, Jim, maybe. The the cartoon with the big bulldog and it had the little puppy that followed him around. Um, Tom and Jerry? No, I'll have to find it. Um, but, you know, as, as digital analysts, we're, we're kind of the little puppy, you know, and we're just happy to be there with the big boys. But mm-hmm. it's it's enough already, you know, and I've, I've used this analogy before that I, I'm, I'm tired of sitting at the little kid's table at the holiday dinner. You know, we need to have a seat at the executive table and we can't do that unless, you know, we, we take a stance on some of these things, especially within our sphere of influence. And, you know, tying it back to the, the topic, if people are misusing our data and our numbers, it's, it's our responsibility to, to change that um, and to not allow it to go from cheating on one little thing here and there to becoming the Houston Astros. How long is it going to take them to lift that legacy down? I don't know. They're not. Because if you think about it, people still reference the Black Sox from 1919 or 1920. You know, 100 years later, people are still referencing <clears throat> the Black Sox scandal. Um, so Don't I do don't it, people. Would... Your, your legacy is far too important <laughs> than, yeah. than a short-term win. You're exactly. Gonna get, you're going to get busted. 
And I think the key thing that we mentioned in the beginning and you just brought up again is where, where do you draw the line? One little thing leads to something slightly bigger, which leads to something slightly bigger. So that initial temptation can lead down a very slippery slope very fast. Yep, that's the takeaway. That is the takeaway. Cool. I think uh, good one. Good another good episode. I mean, Hila yes. may have to be a weekly. Uh, maybe she's going to be an official full time uh, moderator. Replace Bryant. Replace me. I don't know. She's like you know. I don't know about that. Wow. <laughs> Not until you, not until you can be comfortable uh, casting with your camera. Yeah, you gotta get your own camera. Right. Plus, you guys talk about sports a lot, and I have no clue. Well, you know, if you were if you were to step in on a more regular basis, you may have more influence over that. So. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but good conversation. I think. Uh, yes, very good. Valuable all around, and and fun as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up for now, and we'll catch everybody later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.